Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 43 of the In the 11 podcast hosted by myself, Brendan Griffiths. Today, we have a unique episode to share with you this week. We don't have a current professional player or a coach or sporting director or anything like that. We're going a little bit off the beaten path today with a doctor on the show, a surgical PA in Rochester. We have Scott Fischel joining the show. He is a former Division III college standout player. As I mentioned, he's now a surgical PA and recently became a father. Not to mention all that, he is also my best friend. So I'm happy to have him on the show this week and share with you guys a little bit about his story. It is a great one for those of you who are thinking about playing collegiate athletics, whether it be soccer, whether it be another sport, how to balance academia, jobs practice, games, all those types of things. He has a story that is a lot of student athletes wouldn't be able to handle. He was in an incredibly rigorous academic program and managed to have a super successful athletic career as well. So hopefully he can provide you some insight into what that looks like to have a successful student athlete collegiate career. But I don't want to give too much away before we hop into the episode. Real quick before we do, Again, if you can do me a favor and become a patron of the show, down below there should be a link to our Patreon account. You can go ahead and become a patron of the show. It helps the show tremendously grow and continue to provide valuable content to this audience and this community. And as well, if you want to get your mystery sport kit, if you want to get your mystery sport bundle box, then head on over to mystery sports and use code INDY11 at checkout. We've already had a few that have used the code and have received their jerseys. So hopefully you guys can get on that train as well and get some awesome authentic kits. With that being said, here's my buddy Scott. All right. We are joined on the podcast by a very special guest. My best friend, Scott Fischel, is with us today. And listen, you know, we do we do a lot of good episodes, right? We put out, we have pros, we have all sorts of cool people. And a lot of it's for you guys, for your content. I love the content as well, but some of it's some of it's just for me. I just want to, I just want to talk to my pal today. And not to mention, he has a lot of, of good stuff to share with the listeners of the of the In the 11 pod for you guys today. So, Scott, my dude, how are we doing? I'm good, man. Like you said, this is one for us. <laughs> Except every once in a while, you know, you got yeah. a couple of for you guys. fans, one for me. <laughs> this is a one for me. <laughs> All right. Well, to paint the picture a little bit, uh, Scott and I have been friends for probably since we were in seventh, sixth, seventh grade, played soccer. Well, I'm just going to cut you off right there, man. We played like U10s together. We didn't go to school together then, but that's that's right. So we were, so we grew up in the same town, played like local rec soccer. I don't know what you would call it, travel soccer. And then didn't wind up going to the same school, school until we were in middle school and then played for premiere and stuff like that. So what was your experience like playing? Well, why don't we go back to we'll go back to the Blackwatch days? What was 
what was the the Blackwatch premiere experience like for you growing up and in, in early in your soccer career? I think it was really valuable. I mean, our team, unfortunately, was <laughs> one of the weaker ages at the club, but um, I think we had really high level coaching still, you know, and kind of helps you obviously as a player and as a person too. Um, I loved Blackwatch. It was definitely worthwhile. Yeah, it's weird, but you know, I like I wouldn't have played the position I played in high school and college if if we didn't play Blackwatch. That's true. That's where you got converted to to a center back. <laughs> we both were for a little bit. Yeah, you and I. <laughs> I both remember first. <laughs> we got shelled one game in Massachusetts. Next game, Brendan Scott, you're playing center back, man. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what the what the decision making behind that was but I think it was just like we were two of the better players on the team yeah. and like decently athletic like, so he was like I just don't want to lose by right. six goals again so you're going to like, back. just throw some athletes in the backs so <laughs> we can always compete with these other team strikers yeah and I think we like tied zero yeah, zero or very well I don't know we turn it around yeah oh man yeah so that's where you determined that you were going to be a center back and then moving on, did you always know that you wanted? I mean, I know you and I kind of know this, but I want to paint a picture for the listeners. Like, did you always right. know you wanted to play in college? Did you always know you wanted to play at a specific level? Or what was that kind of process like for you? 100% always wanted to play in college. Um, and my older brother, as you know, played in college too, which was kind of always, obviously, I kind of always followed in his footsteps to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up playing at D3. At first, I really wanted to play D1. I was actually kind of, I wasn't really heavily recruited at all, but there was like a couple of schools that seemed at least interested. Yep. And then I don't know, I don't know if there was any specific event, but kind of over a month or two, I was kind of like, ah, you know, I kind of got to figure out what I'm going to do. Originally, I wanted to go south and my whole kind of viewpoint shifted. I'm like, well, maybe I'll stay in the north. Maybe I'll start looking more into D3 and just kind of fell into place for me really well. Um, everything worked out nice at RIT in the end. So, but yeah, yeah, definitely always wanted to play in college. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? Cause I feel like a lot of players go through that shift, right? Like where they're like, I want to be D1, D1, D1 or bust. Right. And I was probably a little bit like that as well. And I mean, as someone speaking who I've played with you, I've played with a lot of other players, like, and I've told you this before, and I think you always kind of knew this as well. Like, Scott could have definitely been a division one player. And so it's not as if to say, and we'll get into his career at division three and it will, it will probably speak for itself, but it's not to say that he couldn't play at the division one level. It's just like, there's a lot of things that have to to fit into place. And like, so what was that kind of, you talked about that viewpoint sort of change for you going from, uh, well, all I want to do is play D1. And then you're like, okay, well, why don't I go somewhere where it's maybe a better fit all around? Right. I kind of opened up, just kind of was more open to at least thinking about D3. Again, my brother kind of, in a way, led the way there. He went to um, St. John Fisher. I live in Rochester. That's in Rochester, uh, D3 school. Um, And he started right away as a freshman. I'm like, crap, man. Even if I go D1, there's probably no way I'm starting anywhere right away as a freshman, but maybe I have a chance if I go D3. Um, So that definitely was kind of, excuse me, kind of part of it on the soccer side of things. And then um, with RIT specifically, and also, uh, sorry, that's my ring doorbell. <laughs> Ruining the pod. Um, 
with RIT specifically, and also uh, I applied to Nazareth too, which is another D3 in Rochester. There were kind of specific programs there that were kind of combination uh, graduate and undergraduate that wasn't available everywhere. That was another kind of school side of things that that changed my viewpoint a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's such a big thing that you mentioned there that a lot of people or a lot of guys are just like, it's D1 or bust. And I think there's two things that maybe like younger players should look at when they have that mindset is one, like soccer is, as we've talked about, and maybe not necessarily the case with RIT, but with definitely division three programs, like there's division three, there's definitely division two programs that are better than division one programs. Like it's one of the sports where you see that as a possibility like it's not really the case with you know basketball or, or football or stuff like that but with soccer there are division three or division two programs where it's actually a better team than like a low level division one school and like you said too it's so hard at the division one level to come in as a freshman and play right away like you have to be really 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 good and a lot of times there's players who are really good and are like, I want to go and play right away. So they choose the division three route and they can come in and they can have meaningful minutes right away. And, and that's what you did. Yeah, man, absolutely. I think that was, I'm glad in a way, you know, it would have been nice to be able to say I played D1. Um, obviously it's everybody wants to do that, but I think uh, I, had a, I had a really nice career at D3 and I'm definitely proud of it looking back. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like I said, we'll get into some of the, because I'm sure that you won't bring it up, but I did I did a little bit of research. So we'll, we'll let the listeners know about what this Division Three career looked like. But Brutal. RIT, RIT was where you landed. Um, so talk to the listeners, what kind of school is Rochester Institute of Technology? And you said you chose it because it had this specific program that you were really interested in, right? Yeah, so RIT is, at least when I applied, it was like the 10th largest or something, non-public, uh, so private university in the whole country. Um, mm-hmm. There's like 14, again, this is when I applied, I don't know the stats these days, but there were like 14,500 undergrad students uh, when I was applying, plus another, I think, 4,000 graduate or something. Um it's in Rochester. Rochester actually has a lot of schools. I think all D3. Roberts Wesleyan's here, which is D2. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly kind of, a, it's already in the name, Rochester Institute of Technology. So mostly like a technology, um, sciences, uh, engineering is a big thing at RIT. Um, my program was the physician, excuse me, physician assistant uh, major which most schools in the country for PA are just graduate schools. So you do your four undergrad and then you do two, somewhere between two and three years of graduate school um, to become a PA. My school, you get your master's right out in five years and you're done, which I think is really nice. You know, a couple extra years of making money as a job and less schooling to do the same thing. So, and it's a good program for sure. Yeah, 100%. So this was a, like, an accelerated program essentially where the coursework of the two years was kind of dispersed into the, the over the course of your five years right yeah so the first two years were like an undergrad type two years all condensed four into two and then um we did two years of they called it the professional phase so a bunch of like still classroom learning um at a graduate level 
and then a year of clinical rotations going out, seeing patients, learning kind of in in person, in practice, what you're mm-hmm. supposed to be doing. Awesome. And then I, I mentioned this to you before you came on the pod, but the real big reason why I wanted to also bring you on today, like I said, I think you can shed some light on some important things for young athletes who listen to a podcast like this is like you had this accelerated education program within your five years that you were there, obviously played for four years on the soccer team. Um, But I remember you telling me about that early on, you had a conversation with one of your academic advisors where they said to you, yeah, like no one really is able to play soccer and do this program. Like it's just not possible. And I, I remember you telling me like, yeah, okay. Well, like, we'll see about that. And sure enough, you played all four years and were able to balance everything. So I guess we'll start with that conversation. What was that? What was that conversation even, even like to have? Yeah. So they always kind of, you had to interview to get into this program. And so even back at like the interview when I'm in high school, still, they would always say like, yeah, you know, after, you know, the first two years, nobody really can have a job outside the program sports. They can't do really outside the program. Um, and I was kind of like smiling. I'd be like, yeah, sure. Totally. That's fine. I won't, I'll stop after two years, whatever. It's okay. Mm. And then, uh, so I play my first two years, things are going fine. I'm actually a team captain. I want to four captains the third year. So there's no way you know, that I want to stop playing. Obviously I'm just not, I'm not going to just choose to stop playing. I love the sport as you know, everybody that is associated with this podcast, you know, yeah, absolutely love it. Um, I think, uh, my first, so my first week of classes, you know, I would always tell my professors, Hey, these are the the days like Fridays I got to miss for class for, um, an away trip or something like that. So I'd get that right out of the way early, let them know so that they could, you know, tell me what I had to do to make up classwork. My one professor loved her. She's a great teacher, but she, uh, told our program director and I had to go have this big meeting with the director. And, uh, cause she was just worried that I wouldn't be able to keep up with kind of this level of classwork with my practices and games and away trips and everything. Um, and then, I don't know, it was kind of a weird meeting. They were basically just like, well, you better keep good grades or else you can't do it, but we can't make you quit. And I was like, all right, perfect. That'll be easy. I'll just swing it. Let's go. <laughs> all I needed to hear, as long as it's not a firm no, then your voice still. <laughs> and to be still. honest, I think I kept, I kept, I'd worked a bunch of jobs my first two years. I worked like three jobs at once. And then I think I still kept like two or three for those second two years too. I was like, whatever, yeah, you can't stop me. I, I couldn't remember if that was when you were also working because you worked for like the facilities, right? At the, like the athletic department facilities. Yeah, um, we had like, it was kind of an awesome job. Like when I was out of season, I would work at like hockey games, lacrosse games, basketball, all that stuff and get paid to like watch other sports, which I'm a big sports guy outside of soccer too. So I was like, thank you, pay me, let's go. <laughs> Another job I did was, uh, uh, RIT does all the athletic teams laundry. So I would help do that, which was gross, but, um, you know, it's something I could do my homework when stuff was in the washer and everything. Yeah. And then what else did I do? I worked in the weight room for a year or two, which was like, I didn't do anything, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Swipe, swipe the cards, do my homework, call it a day. And then I worked in human resources because my then girlfriend worked in human resources well, she's my wife now, but anyways, you know, 
<laughs> anyway, she worked in human resources and I was uh, here for a summer and needed something to do. So I was like, ah, can I work, uh, can I get in there? <laughs> She's like, yeah, of course. So I did that on my, I think my fourth year as well. So yeah. So I think the question that I always asked, and I'm sure everyone is asking with, especially when you get into those final, like that late, later stage of the program where now not only do you have classes, but you have to, like you had clinic hours and you were going to hospitals and you had that on top of your regular coursework, on top of practices, on top of games, on top of employment to try and put some money in your pocket as well. How did you, how did you manage to balance all of it? How did you manage to, to keep every, <laughs> every ball afloat here? Uh, a lot of multitasking, a lot of discipline, I guess I would say, you know, at the time I didn't feel like I was doing anything special or difficult. It was just like, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, I can do all this. So I'm just going to do it. Let's yeah. go. Looking back. I mean, it was kind of a lot. It was, there's a lot of focus and a lot of discipline to be able to do all that stuff at once. And, um, you know, uh, first couple of years on away trips, I'm on the bus, I'm listening to music, I'm hanging out with the guys, whatever third year and fourth year of my program, I'm doing homework, taking notes and stuff in the back, studying for tests, all that stuff. Um, started having to miss practices a lot the third and fourth year. Um, cause you know, my program was 30, I think 38 students. There's only one section for every single class and I can't just miss classes for practice. Um, especially at D3, that was kind of a clear thing. Like you will not miss really for any program, not just my program. Like you have to go to class. You can't miss class for practice. So, um, like you said, started going to the hospital more in the fourth year. So there are days when I was like class missing, um, practice or class, I would, at least show up late or leave early or something like that most of the time. Then I started going to the hospital every other Monday for basically the whole fourth season. So zero Monday, <laughs> made zero Monday practices pretty much. Um, but yeah, it was a lot, but it was, uh, it was doable. I think it was good. And like, like I said, the, as far as the jobs, um, the other sports were on the weekends. I didn't do that job during my season. Um, the laundry I could do homework and I could study well kind of in between that stuff. So made it all work. Yeah. That's definitely one of the perks of a lot of different college jobs that you can try and get is a lot of them are kind of just ways that you can multitask. Like you said, you can do a little bit of work, but more mostly it's, it's getting paid to do your homework kind of. And so you needed, you needed that time to kind of, double dip because if you had to work a job where it was like focused on the job I don't I don't know if that would have really been in the cards for you yeah exactly like that human resources job I did I think I worked like maybe once a week for a few hours during the season of my last year um and there was no way to do homework there that was like a more kind of active job where I'm actually doing stuff to help um not just kind of you know swiping somebody go back to my homework swipe somebody in go back to my homework or laundry and homework that kind of thing yeah well, like you said, you, you put your head down and, and you made it all work. And, and I mean, it speaks for itself, like the career that you had, like, cause not only did you maintain it all, but you were what, like, what was your GPA all four years or, or uh, I only know this cause I had to update my resume recently. <laughs> it was a uh, 3.94. Yeah. 3.94. And I was looking and you were the like what is it the academic liberty league team all three years that you're eligible for it yes 
that's that's an easy one that's like the nerd nerd award half <laughs> our team got that one because we had a bunch of engineers too <laughs> well i think fourth year was when you got liberty league honorable mention which is yeah i got not the nerd got one second team i forget which year either sophomore or junior i got second team and then i got honorable mention my senior year i felt like i played better than honorable mention but we didn't have the best season so <laughs> what can uh, you yeah. do gotcha how was your four years in terms of the the soccer aspect of it i mean i know like the individually you were able to play a ton and then you were able to be captain and then obviously that was awesome but what was it like with the team and uh the four years that that you played i think you know we had a we had good groups of guys every single year i mean what can what can you say you're getting to play soccer in college no matter what you're starting at a really nice place um but yeah i think i always had good groups of teammates competitive balance we were um, kind of hit or miss throughout my career I feel like I hope none of my teammates listen to this that were on offense we always kind of struggled to score goals to be honest with you mm. um, so about I would say like two years we were very very competitive uh, towards the upper half of the league two years not so much and that's just how it, how it fell but like you said I mean for me it was always great I was always playing and what, what more can you ask for exactly yeah and I mean I mean among the top I think I looked at it and it was like top two or three for minutes played career game minutes played in a career career game for minutes what number one for minutes <laughs> yes sir in your career I think or they took that season? out of the record books somebody I was talking to like my mother-in-law or something the other day and she brought it up so we looked at the records I don't think they have records for minutes anymore so that sucks <laughs> But I promise we looked it up when I was a senior because we wanted to know. Yeah, because I was that's what I was looking at. And it looked like it was they like you had numbers that should have been in that list, but they just I don't know, they didn't update it or whatever. But it was I think it was for all four like games and minutes in career and then games and minutes in a season as well. Yeah, I think there were I don't know which years, but there were two years I played. I just didn't come off the field ever. I think maybe like my freshman and junior no my sophomore and my senior years I just played every minute jeez yeah and you probably could have <laughs> absolutely smashed the record but you got injured junior year right and missed yeah I games. missed like two full games I think I remember Cortland d3 then I think and uh we're gonna come watch our game and then that was of course one of the two where I'm hurt and our team just gets absolutely smacked because I think we were missing like three of our starting backs yep yep yeah I was gonna come see you and that was like Brutal. That was the only two games I think you missed in your whole career, right? Yeah, yeah. I forget the other one. It was somebody else around that time. Um, but yeah, that was the only two games where I didn't play at all. And it was just because I was hurt. I think it was like a, I had like a right, weird right hip flexor, like non-contact strain thing. We were just doing like a passing square type of a drill. And I don't know, played a pass and something <laughs> felt wonky. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that's got to even be like a next level of weird when you're injured and you're in a, a program like to become a doctor and so you have all these people all the time right, like, I'm like asking everybody like hey who's good at ortho what do you think man let's take a break to talk about support for the in the 11 podcast is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels manscaped performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle join over 4 million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code 11 at manscaped.com. Now, if my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. Now, listen, here's the deal, gentlemen. 
the Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and it is a game changer. Now, I know we got a lot of ballers out here, right? We got a lot of coaches out here. A lot of you, I know in your sessions, in your games, you're constantly saying, you gotta take care of the ball, but you're not taking care of your own. It's crazy. It's it's wild. And we gotta change that here. And Manscaped's gonna help you do that. So first off, we've got the Lawnmower 4.0, and it is the future of men's below-the-waist grooming. And that is because of their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof. It has a 400K LED spotlight, so no more going blind in the bathroom, getting hair all over the floor, right? Pop in the shower, you've got the light as well, easy, and you're done. On to the next one. Now, same goes for that weed whacker, the Manscaped weed whacker for your ear and nose hair trimming necessities. You've got the proprietary skin safe technology, which is going to help reduce with nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate, sensitive areas. Now, last but not least, we can't forget about the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. A lot of you guys, I know you've got a routine with your recovery, right? You've got pre-game rituals, you've got post-game rituals, a recovery routine that you do after, right? Hop in an ice bath, whatever it is, you have to add your below-the-waist care to that. You've got to take care of your balls, gentlemen. You don't want to be playing 90 minutes and then you come in and you're sweaty and disgusting and you're not taking care of yourself you got you got to do it and manscaped like i said is here to help you in that department and who knows maybe that special someone that's in your life coming to the game watching you play you know you play good 90 minutes maybe you bag a goal i don't know you want to be ready you want to be prepared you don't want to be in a situation where you are left without manscaped now just because manscaped is hooking you up and they want to take care of you the Performance Package 4.0 has a couple of goodies thrown in there. They've got the Manscaped Boxer Briefs, and they threw in a little carry-on bag just to travel with all of your Manscaped products, whether you're going for an away game, right? It's a road trip, you're in a plane, whatever. Chuck all your Manscaped products in there. You don't have to think about it. You can forget about it and make sure that you're still taken care of. So it is time, gentlemen, because your balls will thank you. It is time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off with free shipping using the code 11. That's 20% off with free shipping using the code 11, E-L-E-V-E-N at manscaped.com. That is 20 whole percent off of your order. 20% off your order with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code 11. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. What's going on? <laughs> Man. So in all that, in in playing in almost every game and being a leader on your team and being in the classroom and being in the hospital and everything, were there ever moments where it felt like it got to be too much or like you got overwhelmed with it all? Or was it always kind of like, and, it, and the answer to this for you may be, Maybe not what the listeners are expecting because knowing you as long as I've known you, you're probably going to be like, no, I was fine. I was chilling. But I have to I have to ask because I know for a lot of people, they would they would be days or there would be weeks or like, oh, my gosh, how do I how do I juggle all this? Yeah, you know me too well. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm sure maybe in the moment there was probably a day here or there, but I don't specifically recall like that happening often for sure. Like, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, I'm glad that I picked the career I did. It's worked out really well. So I think that was kind of helpful. I was very interested in what we were learning. So that made it a little less 
of mm-hmm. a kind of a burden to be studying all the time and all this stuff. And then, um, you know, you're playing soccer. Like I said, can't say it enough. It's fantastic. Yeah. Maybe that could be an interesting one. How did you, how did you know, maybe for a lot of other people who are, are wanting to go and play college sports um, and they're trying to find that balance between the sports and an academic program that you said, where it, yes, it was work, but you also enjoyed the, the topic. What was the, the incentive or, or the motivation for you to go into to medicine to begin with? Did it always start from, like, I know your family has a huge history in the medical profession. Was that kind of where you got the, the same thought from of, of you wanted to go into medicine? Yeah. I mean, I didn't really, I liked biology like forever. And then I liked when we were in high school, like I did the bio class there. I did like kind of the human body portions of it for sure. Um, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a veterinarian, but then I found out you have to give animals shots and do bad things to animal, not bad, but sad things with animals to animals. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a non-starter for me from there. Um, like you said, my dad's a doctor. So I don't know. I mean, he actually kind of, he didn't actively discourage us from doing anything medical, me and my two brothers, but he didn't really like say, you know, you should definitely do medicine. Um, again, my, my middle brother, Sean, he, around the time I was applying to college was kind of like, hey, I think I want to be a PA and he's starting to apply to PA school. And then he's like, Hey, he knew I was interested in, um, I think, a couple of schools. Like I had applied to Geneseo for biology and NAS. Um, they have a good physical therapy program. He's like, hey, RIT has this PA program. You should, you know, if you're interested in it, you should think about that too. Hmm. So once again, he kind of led the way for me a little bit. <laughs> and wait, this was, this was your dad that recommended or this was Sean? Oh, no, that was Sean. Yeah, that was oh, Sean okay. that recommended the PA program. Um, my dad was great though. I mean, once I kind of was thinking about a healthcare type thing, he did let me come shadow him at work a couple of days. And obviously his patients were really gracious to let me come in as some high school student that knows nothing that just wants to see what it's like to be a doctor that mm-hmm. let me come in. And actually one of his, uh, somebody, I think he either like did residency with him or taught him in residency or something, but she did, uh, uh, she's an oncologist and she let me come with her for a few days too, which was really nice to kind of get a different perspective and see what it was like. Yeah. And doing that, was that all the, all the kind of proof that you needed or all the, all the experience that you needed to know that you were going in the right direction? Yeah, I think so. Um, I know a lot of people I went to school with applied to like only PA programs. There's like a few, well, maybe like, I don't know, at least 10 like RIT that are right out of high school. Um, and I know a bunch of my classmates applied to like all of them. I applied only to RIT for PA, everything else. I was like, biology, I'll figure it out later. Maybe PA, maybe a doctor, maybe PT. I don't know, something in healthcare. <laughs> but yeah, it was definitely enough to kind of say, yeah, I think I want to do something in healthcare. It seems like a good good thing for me that, that fits me well. Yeah, and what uh, what was the difference between you deciding to do that? Was it because you got into the RIT PA program that you decided to not go the, the four years and then med school route? Um, I think combination. Yeah. Obviously getting in the program was very helpful. Um, I did get into the NAS PT program too, for whatever reason, me and the NAS soccer coach, like never really got in touch too, too much. I think a little bit, but, um, the RIT coach seemed really interested in me and I was, you know, firm that I was definitely playing soccer in college. Didn't, it didn't even matter where, but it was going to be somewhere 
And he was seemed pretty interested. And then between that and the program, I was like, well, this seems, seems like it kind of all fell in pretty nicely. I don't think I can turn that down. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you how do you feel like the soccer part of it influenced your decision? I mean, obviously you answered that a little bit. That was where you felt like you were wanted and and so that kind of guided your decision that way. But how do you feel like the soccer influenced your four years of of like how did it, I guess, shape the way that your college experience looked like versus if you had just gone into the PA program and maybe, you know, it hadn't worked out with soccer and the, the coach hadn't been as interested or something like that? Um, I think the soccer was huge. I mean, I always used to tell people this when I was at school and like they would have a, a kid come in for their first year or something. It's like you already come in with a built in like group of friends because you go for preseason. I know people probably have different differing opinions on preseason. It's obviously a grind two days, all that kind of stuff. But I used to by the end, I was like I was relishing preseason. I couldn't wait to go back. I'm like, I got to see my guys. I got to get some work and let's go. It's time. So I think. uh early on it's great you come like I said come in with a built-in group of guys you're already friends with none of my other classmates in the PA program really had that I mean it's always awkward when you're first day on campus trying to meet new people Mm, yeah Uh, it kind of helps a little bit with that because you already know like these guys love soccer I love soccer we got somewhere to start um and I think as far as like even in my job today I mean obviously I don't play at a high level anymore but um I think soccer kind of still in a way influences me because it forced me to be efficient when I was learning my program. It forced me to like learn time management really well, be disciplined, all that stuff. So I kind of see it sometimes at my workplace. Like I'm pretty, pretty efficient seeing people writing notes, all the stuff that I have to do. And not everybody is kind of that efficient and that's okay. But for me, like, I think it's been really helpful, kind of keeps me right on task and moving through, through things got to, you know, efficient speed at all times oh yeah that that definitely makes sense like you said I think the big one that I definitely take away from it because I didn't have the same type of academic uh like rigor that you did with with my school but the social thing is is huge like I'm sure for you it was cool too because you had not only you had your soccer friends who I'm sure are still to this day probably your closest friends out there in Rochester but also you had all these people that were in this program that was like specifically what you wanted to study. So you had like these two groups of people that were exactly what you were really interested in and everyone had a common, a common interest and, and working towards common goals, which always kind of like brings people, brings people together more. So. Yeah, absolutely. So any, any, I know, I know I'm not getting much out of you in terms of the time, the time management and in terms of actually how you were able to, to pull this off but I like when you when you were like you said now you become super efficient right when you are taking notes when working with a patient you feel like that you instilled those sort of habits with yourself when you were in school balancing doing homework doing office like hospital hours doing training doing games lifting all that type of stuff are there any things, because I think this is an interesting topic for a lot of people about building habits. Like, how were you able to, do you know any ways that you've been able to kind of build some habits for yourself that maybe you still keep with you when you go into the workforce today? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't want people to think I was some kind of robot. You know, all I did was soccer work and and study. So I think actually one thing 
that I do remember doing a lot would be like, you know, as a college kid, just like everybody, I'm watching all these shows on Netflix and stuff still. So I would kind of break things up into chunks. So, you know, I have to read this chapter for this class. So I'll read the chapter and then I'll take a break. I'll go watch 20 minutes of a show or a full episode, whatever. Then I'll go back. I'll do some more work or, you know, I'll take a break. I'll eat. I'll take a break. I'll lift because lifting and soccer was kind of, you know, it's an obligation I had to do. But again, that's kind of a reprieve from from the grind of of the school aspect of things. Um, so I think kind of chunking things up and breaking things down makes things seem a lot more approachable and less um, less of a giant burden and mountain to climb if you can just kind of do things little by little you know I'll do this class this day I know I have a test Friday for this class so I got to do this this week the paper I have to do can wait until the weekend or something like that um, and along those lines something in medicine you kind of learn as you go is triage so kind of you know mm. in the medical sense you know this patient's really sick this one's not so bad I should go see the sick person first same thing in kind of your everyday life, this task is a lot more important than this other task. So I should probably, you know, or this one's more pressing. So I should deal with that first. The other stuff, you know, I've got to get done, but it can sit on the back burner for a little bit while I kind of deal with the more important or more, more time crunching kind of a thing. Yeah. So each day when you were kind of sizing up your day, you were looking at it like, okay, there's a lot of things that I want to get done, but I need to make sure I get these couple things finished because that's more pressing. Maybe there's a due date coming up or, you know, maybe that's for a bigger grade or whatever the case may be. Those are the types of things that you were sizing up kind of each day when you were, yeah, when you were looking at your absolutely. schedule. And then one other thing, I mean, I, I feel like I'm kind of a procrastinator by nature. However, I think in college, I kind of, in a way I wasn't, cause I was like, you know, I only got so much time. So if I have extra time, I'm watching a football game Monday night, but I don't have any important stuff to do. I'll just kind of start writing something like I would always write study guides for my one class. It was a big deal. And so I just start my study was my study guide for that unit to kind of get ahead a little bit. So I think, again, by nature, I'm a procrastinator, but I kind of I guess I went against my nature a little bit during um, during college to kind of get through a little bit. Those last yeah, probably like that, that amount that you had on your plate probably forced you sort of out of that out of that habit just because if you like stopped or pushed something back then it would just pile up and and become insurmountable at some point exactly so you mentioned too and I think this is something important for athletes that I talk a lot about with with other athletes like the the disconnect right like just taking some time away from everything because we've talked and again I don't I don't I hope that I didn't make that the the narrative that I placed upon you that you were a robot that just no 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 because I know like I know too that you like to have fun as well and get away from soccer get away from school get away from work get away from all that and you know I even talked to athletes that I've had on the podcast that like we talk about how it's so important to just have time completely away from your sport from your job from whatever it is like can you talk to us about how important that was for you to just like have time with your friends where you weren't thinking about a class or you weren't thinking about your next project or test or, or the next game even. Yeah. I think like you hit it hit the nail on the head. That's huge. I mean, I think you can only kind of deal with so much that you got to think about before you start to feel some of the stress from that. And I think I'm a pretty low stress person in general, but you know, even I get stressed about things that happens. Um, so yeah, I think, 
anytime that you can get away and just kind of steal that little bit or that even if you get a full day that's beautiful and just clown around do whatever you want I think I think it's really helpful to kind of give you a mental reset give your mind a break for however long and then you can get right back into it and you're you're coming back at it better because you're refreshed yeah yeah and now that you are into the workforce and doing you know every day or or however much your schedule is with the with going into the hospital how do you feel like your five years in the program also four years playing on the soccer team as well how do you feel it prepared you for what you do on a day-to-day basis maybe do you feel like the four years was kind of so much and so hectic that it's almost a little bit easier now like when you're in the workforce I'm sure I'm sure there's obviously a lot more pressure there's a lot more at stake than you know some of those freshman sophomore year classes maybe but how do you feel like you're adjusting I guess yeah I agree I mean I think one thing that they tell you when you get far in the program is like, no matter what, it's going to be scary and it's going to be hard when you you graduate and you're going to see your first patient. You're like, oh, crap, like this is real now. What are we doing here? Yeah. But once you kind of get over that shock factor, yeah, I mean, I think I think between soccer and school, everything combined, my life's a breeze now, man. I go to work. I do it. Whatever. I take care of what I need to get taken care of. I still play soccer as a, it's a just such a good reprieve like I love going to play soccer now it's my my time to do what I want to do and mm-hmm. that's always what I want to do um but yeah I think you know but everything I learned about which I don't even know if I actively realized I was learning it back then but about time management and triaging things and all that stuff uh it makes it just makes everything so much easier now I just started actually teaching at RIT in the PA program a little bit um, and that's like, it's just fell in pretty seamlessly. You know, I get stressed because I've never done it before. Uh, so I get a little nervous. Like, I hope I do a good job for these guys. But uh, as far as the time that it takes away, that's nothing. I mean, you know, it's just easy from everything I've done in the past. And and now, too, there. What's up? <laughs> I said, and I'm training for a half marathon. Dude, <laughs> man, you never cease to amaze me. Like, I'm slow, but I, I go. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure you're gonna kill it. And I'm sure whoever is like, oh, what was your time? It's gonna be like something. Cause I know you, I know you're competitive, and I know you want to do well in it. Wanna do well. I was doing really well like late summer. Now I'm slowing down. I got a little tendonitis acting up, but we'll get there. Are you doing miles every day? Uh not every day. I like looked up a, a training program and started going with that. And then life got a little crazy. I uh, had a baby, as you know, for the listeners, had a baby eight weeks ago. So I got a little crazy then. So then I was just like, all right, screw the program. I'm just fit, fit runs where I can. So around like now I was doing a pretty strict, like three times a week. Now I'm two or three to kind of try to heal the knee up a little bit. Cause I'm mm-hmm. running it in, uh, two weeks now, two weeks. Yeah. I ran one, like the distance of a half marathon, but just by myself. Uh, a few months ago just to make sure I could do it and I wouldn't die <laughs> how did that go <laughs> pretty good I mean for like 10 miles the last three were a struggle <laughs> I'm not a distance runner for the listener Never <laughs> played center back man just wind sprints back and forth that's all oh <laughs> uh, and and for those of you who are listening you probably couldn't tell but I started smiling as soon as you said that you are training for the marathon and that you're teaching this class as well because before you had said all the while I'm thinking and you just had the kid as well just like adding these <laughs> things on so 
So give give the listeners now what's what's the triage like? What's the triage like when we wake up in the morning now? Because not only is it, you know, get off to work, maybe train a little bit for the half marathon. Now it's we got a little guy that's uh needs some attention as well. Yep. So this past week I was on our early shift, so I'm getting to work at 6 a.m. So not saying goodbye to him before I leave. I want him to sleep whenever he's gonna sleep. Uh had some downtime at work, so I did. I have to read a couple of chapters to teach on. Actually, I teach later today, so I was reading some chapters to get ahead. So I read some at work. I uh, get home from work, take a run. I lifted one day. I haven't been lifting as much as I wanted to since my son's been born, but you know, like you said, triaging. Obviously, he's he's number one now, and then everything else you work around him. Um, yeah, can't get yeah. that max bench up quite where we wanted it to be. <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> um, but yeah, I took a run right before this. You know, I just think about my day and figure out where everything's going to slot in and then just let it rip. Man, I love it. I love it. So how do you, I guess, I get. I know you said you got to go soon and I'm sure there's some more prep that you want to do before uh, before you want to get off to uh, to class. Do they call you professor? Are you, are you a professor? No, uh, they just call me Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want them to one time just so I can feel cool. I'll mess you, around with like friends and family and be like, yeah, you got to call me professor now. Am yeah, I going to call me prof fish? <laughs> yeah. Prof fish, man. Oh, I should wear a blazer with like uh, the elbow pads and stuff. No, nah, dude, I refuse to dress nice. I wear a t-shirt and scrub, scrub pants every day. <laughs> do you really? Oh yeah. They know I do surgery. So I'm like, yeah, they, they know I do surgery. I can wear scrubs then. I don't, I'm actually off off of work today, and I'm still gonna wear scrubs in to make it look like I was in surgery. <laughs> I don't have to dress nice. Oh, I was work today. Uh, yeah, good. Busy. We, yeah, good. We did some stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess to to summarize to to leave on a high note here, how is? I mean, I feel like you're in a in a great spot. Like you're you're chilling. Everything is is going pretty well for you it's it's smooth sailing and, and imagine you're you're pretty happy right now with the way everything's going right oh heck yeah happy as could be man I mean I I don't know I I don't think you're ever really ready to have a baby people ask you and you're like sure yeah but like really no you're not and it's it's definitely stressful at times just kind of learning him and his what he needs and what you know his routines and all that stuff and they're going to keep changing as we go but yeah, I mean he's he's the man. He's awesome. Can't wait to start training him up. Future Ronaldo. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. We were watching we were watching the Newcastle game Saturday. Uh, tough result, but anyways, <laughs> Ronaldo scores twice, and she hears the announcers talking about. It and she's like, "Paul, you're going to be Ronaldo one day. It's going to be great." <laughs> <laughs> he's only yeah, few, I think I got few a few months away from nice. getting out on that field. <laughs> Yeah, I got a nice work uh, work life balance and added a little kid to the mix, and things are going well. Yeah, we'll but I think it. I think to you know if we are summarizing and bring it all to a head here, it makes it it goes to show kind of what you went through in your experience going into college, and and then your college experience kind of just prepped you for for now, right? Like you said, when you first got to school, everyone said or even before you got to school, everyone said, Hey, you're not going to be able to, to make all this work and it's going to be too much. And you were like, okay, I'm just going to go in. I'm going to figure it out. And 
I think that I, you know, I trust myself enough to be able to, to balance all this. And then, you know, each year you had new classes, new responsibilities thrown at you and you found a way to figure it out. It's kind of just like the athlete way or the athlete mindset of just whatever's thrown at you, can you figure out a way to solve that problem or solve that equation? And then now, you know, you got the job, got the house and okay, like, am I really ready to have a baby? Who knows, but I'm going to find out and I'm going to figure it out. And it's going to be great. Cause I've, I've already like grown accustomed to this sort of, uh, you know, this sort of idea of having new things thrown into, thrown into my life and, and me being able to figure it out and, and move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is kind of a cliche, but you know, college sports, obviously soccer is what we care about, but college sports in general, they, you know, if they help you grow as a person and you might not realize it at the time, but they're just huge. They make you who you are. They made me who I am today for sure between classes. Sure. But I think, you know, a lot of what I learned that I apply in my life besides like clinical, you know, medical knowledge is more stuff I learned on the soccer field and it let me do everything that I wanted to do. And, and you're right. I kind of just was like, okay, you can tell me that, but I'm going to do what I want to do until it's not working. And then we'll figure it out if it's not. And I kind of do that now too. My wife sometimes gets, gets a little frustrated with me because I'll come home and I'll just be like, Hey, so uh, I kind of told somebody how to do this now. And uh, so I'm committed for the next semester to teach. <laughs> She's like, dude, seriously, we haven't had our kid yet. Well, are, are you sure we can do that? Like, yeah, we'll make it work. It's, it's all going to be good. <laughs> and apart, I forgot a year ago, I just like answered an email from the, there's like a PA association in Rochester. And they're like, does anybody want to do the board? And I'm like, I'm like, they're never going to want me to do it. Like nobody really knows who I am. So I send them back an email. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll throw my name in the ring. What you got? And now I'm the treasurer for a year. Now I've got two more years to do it. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. We'll make it work. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, honey, I just gotta, I'm going to a board meeting what when did you add this schedule dude that's actually how I started doing the teaching there was somebody at the board meeting that um kind of knows the program well and knew they needed somebody I'm like yeah I'll throw my hat in the ring again thinking like they're not gonna pick me I'm only a few years out of school (laughs) and I get a call from one of my old teachers she's like hey it's like it's yours if you want it what do you think I'm like yeah whatever we'll make it work oh all right if this if anything this should teach you that Nine times out of ten, when you're just throwing your hat in the ring, not don't do anything that. of it. Never throw your hat in the ring unless you mean it. That's how you end up like me. Yeah, you throwing your hat in the ring is essentially like signing on the dotted line. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Oh man, man. Well, it's it's great to see you. It's great to catch up and talk a little bit about your college career. And I hope that for people that are listening, that you know. I, I've had athletes before to reach out to me and say, like, uh, you know, I'm balancing school, I'm balancing career aspirations, and I'm balancing soccer as well. And it's tough. And it's a lot. It's a thing that a lot of people, you know, sometimes struggle with. Hopefully, listening to you today can give them some insight into what it kind of takes to, you know, it's going to take discipline, it's going to take hard work, um, what it kind of takes to be able to balance all that, and hopefully some some tips as well that you learned along the way, but really to just enjoy it. And, and hopefully you're passionate about whatever your sport is and whatever you're, whatever you're studying as well. Yeah. I, I forgot. I want to say this during like our last little piece there, but um, 
this makes me think a lot of like your early podcast when you were talking about the grind you had a whole episode about the grind yeah you know early in the podcast you're talking about your college career that made me kind of obviously look back on mine a lot and just think about it because you're talking about that time in our lives I'm like oh yeah 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 this is all yeah me too I agree yeah 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 and then you're talking about the grind and that was like that was a big episode for me I was like oh man he's (laughs) talking about like my whole my whole college career in a way um so yeah just it gets it gets hard sometimes keep a good attitude that helps you avoid the stress for one thing enjoy the time you're at soccer because you know that's ultimately why you're doing it um I mean, obviously, so lots of people want to go pro, and that's a reason to do it too. But you got to have love of the game to be able to go pro, I think. So, um, yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, like it, it makes the grind easier when you are like passionate and you're enjoying it. You know, right, there's you embrace it a little bit. Yeah, we've all been we've all been in times where we're grinding for stuff that just isn't really isn't really what we want to do or isn't really what we're loving. And that's, that's where a lot of people I think find more stress or more, Mm -hmm. you know, difficulty with the grind. Um, But when you're, like you said, when you're studying what you want to study, when you know, like, okay, this is what I want to do for my career. So I'm excited about it. And also how much you love the game. Yeah. it, It makes the grind that much easier because yes, you're putting in a lot of hours, but it's all for stuff that you care about and all for stuff that, that means a lot. And it's, it's true. Like there's definitely players who have been in the pro game and maybe fizzled out because they're not necessarily in it for the right reasons. Like you said, the the love of the game is, is one of the biggest things that has to drive you um, to that grind when you, if you do want to become a professional in your sport. And I know that's what a lot of people listen to this podcast for that kind of side of it. And so, you know, that can, that can hopefully shed some light on that is the biggest thing is you have to, you have to kind of like the grind. You have to to love it a little bit. And if it feels like just that, like just a, a grind where it's like, Oh, then maybe it's something, something else is, is better suited for you. Absolutely. When, when something you love just starts to feel like work and hard and there's no, no love for it anymore. Got to step back and maybe take a break, maybe just reassess. Yeah. Yeah. Could be taking a break, could be finding a different path, could be who the heck knows. Yeah. Dude, this is fun. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. This one's for us. (laughs) This one is for us. And it's it's helpful, but (laughs) at least entertaining. Maybe you got nothing out of it, but this one's for us. <laughs> hey, I got to introduce you to my best pal, so I, I can't complain, you know? Um, well, I'll let you go, Professor. But all right, thank, man. Thank you so much for uh for coming on and thanks to all those who listened out there today. Uh appreciate it. Hopefully you learned quite a bit. And uh this has been episode forty three, you're gonna be. Forty three. Wow. Very good number. Very good.